Law Focus Podcast, bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Good evening and welcome to Law Focus. I'm Veronica Mahwadi, your host for the evening, broadcasting right here in Bramfontein on VOWFM 88.1. This is our first show for 2019 and we are excited to be back and to have you back on Law Focus, unpacking everything law-related every Wednesday evening from 7pm till 8pm. If we take a few minutes to reflect on 2018, we could say that the country was going through somewhat of a clean-up as President Cyril Ramaphosa set up four commissions of inquiry within nine months of his presidency. Now, many South Africans are divided over the purpose and the weight of these commissions. And here we are in 2019, and commissions of inquiry seems to be the only thing we are talking about. It's in every newspaper and in every news bulletin. But we are still divided. Some of us think they work and some of us don't, which makes sense. Because how can we believe in something if we do not fully understand how it works. Law Focus tonight will explore the role of a commission of inquiry. What is its purpose? How do they function? And do they hold any weight at all? Joining us for this conversation is Jafta Mapadimeng, a legal practitioner, as well as the spokesperson for the Mohoro Commission, Bongiwe Gambu, and of course you, our listener. You can send us a voice note on our WhatsApp line, that's 084-078-4912. You can also send us a tweet on at VAWFM using the hashtag Law Focus. But before we get into that, it is time for our legal hotspots. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. I'm joined in the studio by our Law Focus researcher, Siabonga Mota, who will be giving us a breakdown of the top legal stories this week. What do you have for us? Um, thank you, Veronica, for um, having me. Well, it's they said that justice must win. This was said by the new National Director of Public Prosecutions, Shamelia Batoi, who was appointed last year, December, after a grueling interview process that was a culmination of a constitutional court directive in August for the appointment of the new and a DPP within 90 days. I'm very excited about her appointment. Yeah, it's, it's quite a lot of things that are being said about her. Yeah. See, so addressing the media on her first day in office in Pretoria on Friday, Batoy said the country is reeling from corruption and from corruption basically and impunity. Mm. So she's basically saying that the country has been in, in a lot of challenges for mm. the past years. And she's got she's got a lot to deal with. She's got a lot to clean up. Do you think she is the woman for the job? <laughs> well, I think she is, you know. I think mm. she is. Um, we have to give her time, of course, and just to see what are her plans. But she took the job, you know, before, right before Akriz's testimony on, mm. on the Commission of Inquiry. Mm. So it would be interesting if she will investigate and look deep into what has been uh, presented by the Commission so far. So there's quite a lot of things that she needs to deal with. Yes, absolutely. And we wish her all the best. Obvious, yeah, yeah. So she said um, there's been a, a, a dark cloud that is hanging on, on, on the National Prosecution um, Authority. So I'm not sure if she's going to um, investigate Sean Abrams and whatnot, but... No, she has to. There's quite a lot of things that she needs to do, you know, yeah. and I think with the pr- previous work that she has done for the NPA, yeah. she's we, we look forward into what she's going to do, you know. Mm. So I, for now, it is unclear on what exactly she will be um, investigating, if she will be investigating all the corruption, corruption scandals that are uh, around the yes, country, uh, yes. obviously the state um, and other... Um, government enterprises mm. so it's going to be a very interesting year but there's one thing more yeah 
So the leader of the Economic Freedom Fighters, uh, Mr. Chilis Malema, said something on the on their manifesto on Saturday at Soshanguve. So I quote, she, he said, um, Batoy is being controlled by a group that is close to Pravin Gordon. Hmm. I mean, Julius and this whole Pravin Gordon situation is, is clearly ongoing. It's not going to stop. Do you think this is true? I think we should allow the law. Yeah. To I mean, do what the law does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because now we cannot, um, maybe this might be a political move. Mm. So we wouldn't say that uh, the leader of the economy freedom fighters, what he's saying is correct. But mm. we have to give it some time. Obviously, if it needs to go to court, it needs to go to court and be proven Otherwise, mm. then we can say, oh, wow, Julius was right or Julius was wrong. But I mean, even if she is closely tied uh, with uh, our former finance minister, what what then? What does that mean? What is like, is, is he sort of in like insinuating something? What then is the actual problem with that? That's what I'm trying to understand. I- well, it's it's too early to 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 talk to clarify that mm. for now. But I think the the problem with Mr. Gordon and uh, uh, the leader of the Economy Freedom Fighters, I think it's something that they need to settle. Mm. I think there's a lot of political game that's being played around that, you mm. know. So mm. it is for them to just sit down, even if because they ha- they've been in court for that. Um, they had, they had challenges, yeah. like problems amongst each other. So they need to go to court and settle it. You know. So we know. Who's right, who's wrong, according to the eye of the With law. With all these different accusations yeah, that yeah, have yeah. been popping up. Yes. In, okay. So, uh, with these allegations, you no, know, because it was said on a, on a, on a manifesto launch mm. um, among, in, like, in, in a crowd that's a lot of um, EFF supporters, mm-hmm. obviously, people would see it in a different way, you know, but people would judge in a different way. Some would say it's a political uh, goal, some mm-hmm. would say, Oh well, it's a fact that might be worked something that might be worked on after the elections. So mm. it's confusing for now, but we're waiting for them to sort it out. So, so as we move on, say call to prosecute those implicated in corruption. I think this this year we're going to be talking about corruption until quite a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So tied closely with the topic of today um, of commission of inquiry, Kosato has called for a speedily prosecution of those accused directly and implicated um, and also fingered in this uh, um, situation. Mm. So the Kosato is saying now everybody that's being named, named yeah. should be prosecuted. I'm not sure um, prosecuted with the facts that are not the the statements that are being presented before the commission or the the NPA should also dig into it. Yeah, so, so a thorough investigation of yeah, what so, we've just heard. Yeah. So yeah, the, the Union's Federation's General Secretary Begin Jaljali um spoke earlier um today basically after their special uh, central's um executive committee meeting held yes, uh, yesterday. He actually uh, spoke about corruption he's saying that he had become an unbearable disease corruption yeah so it's mm. something that we cannot tolerate anymore and the law must allow but uh, be allowed basically to take um its course within or without fear or favor mm. so i think the, the the corruption and going to the scandals um mr angelo Acris's testimony and a lot of people um talking about the the corruption in the commission of inquiry it has implicated not implicated but it has um fueled um, a lot of things that needs to be done by the Hawks, um, the NPA, 
obviously the South African uh, police services. So it's, yeah, 2019 is going to be a different a very year. very interesting year, no, absolutely. And uh, is that all you have for us, yeah? Yeah, that is all that we have for um, our first show in 2019. But obviously, as you continue with the, the, the topic of Commission of Inquiry, it's going to be interesting um, because obviously you're going to touch on some of the things that we just spoke about. Absolutely, throughout the whole year, it seems. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Sia, for our legal hotspots for this week. You are tuned into Law Focus on Vow FM 88.1. Let's continue with the show as we discuss commissions of inquiry. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. Commissions of inquiry are nothing new to the Republic of South Africa. In fact, we've had some dating as far back as 1990. But we are still skeptical of these commissions as they don't necessarily have the best record in uncovering the truth. I mean, if we look at the Harms Commission of 1992, apartheid state president F.W. Ditlak appointed the commission to determine whether a police hit squad was operating in South Africa. This turned out to be a farce, some sort of a joke, as witnesses and squad members appeared to testify in wigs and fake moustaches. And if we look back at the Marigana Commission, so many disturbing and shocking testimonies and evidence was given, but we still don't know who we should hold accountable as a nation and who we should blame for the death of the miners more than seven years ago. In 2016, we had the Commission of Inquiry into Higher Education and Training. It looked into the feasibility of free education in the Republic, and this is still an ongoing conversation. So we wanted to know your opinion about these bodies that we call Commissions of Inquiry, and this is what you had to say. They do serve a purpose because people that, are, that have been corrupt in the past with you know government and with the whole Busasa thing happening, so now we are able to know who did what, how much they benefited from this. My opinion on it is that um, rather than going through a commission of inquiry, which um, requires money first, you have to hire the, every, all the expenses that are spent. It, it's a waste of money. Rather you go straight to court so that you get the exact uh, result that you want, which is prosecution. So that's, I think it's really not necessary for a commission of inquiry. Just go straight to court. There's a purpose, but sometimes I feel like people want to... Some people have agendas of their own. Sometimes, yes, it exposes the holes and everything else. It's, it's for the good of the public. We need to know what's going on. We need to know who did what and, and everything else. But sometimes people have their own agendas and there's not much truth. We don't know what, what the truth is. So we're hearing people's opinions. This one says this one did that and this one says this. So the truth at the end of the day is what I decide to make of everything. So the truth is my own opinion. To myself, so yeah. Commissions of inquiry, uh, it works with the transparency. I mean, we now see what's wrong with the public. We see the issues themselves. Whether they work, I mean, we see these problems, but what happens after is something that we never know about. So it's like showing someone that, oh no, you drink your bull. What happens after you drink bull? No one's there for it. So yeah, so I don't think so. They do work because now we get to know deeper things that is happening in the government and like horror, what the upper people are doing with with the other things because in Zarasa it's a whole lot of things that is happening there. And the next thing we don't know. So now we know So I, I feel like it's it's they are good. We should have those like every day.
the commission of inquiry, I think it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time because at the end of the day, no one is going to get arrested for anything. It's just to prove a point that the government can investigate. Otherwise, it's a waste of time and money and resources. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. A commission of inquiry is one of the bodies of government that is tasked to inquire into various issues. They report findings, give advice and make recommendations. But there seems to be a common misunderstanding when it comes to the function of a commission. And that is the confusion with the courts of law. The legal implications of commissions are entirely different from that of a court of law. The first difference is in South Africa, Section 82 of the Constitution confers the power to appoint commissions of inquiry upon the president alone. Furthermore, when a court judgment is passed, it is binding and legally affects the parties involved, whilst commissions of inquiry make non-binding recommendations to the person who set them up, which of course would be the president. A commission of inquiry is appointed to make factual findings and to give advice to the president and other state institutions on what actions to take to deal with the problems identified by the commission. But of course, it's not so black and white. In studio, we are joined by Jeff Damabadimeng from Legal Aid South Africa, a supervisory legal practitioner from the Alexandra branch. He will be with us while we unpack the purpose of a commission of inquiry, how it functions, and what exactly separates it from a court of law. Jeff, welcome to Law Focus. Thank you very much for having me. So let's get straight into it. What is a commission of inquiry, and what exactly is its aim? Uh, the commission of inquiry is... Uh, a committee that I can say that it has been constituted in terms of the provisions of the constitution either by the pro- pre- president or the premier in the pro- at the provincial levels to the main aim of the commission of inquiry is to investigate uh, matters of public interest as defined in the so-called uh, terms of reference which will be issued either by the president or the premier depending at what level of the government. So, I mean, do they serve any purpose of all to the citizens of this country? It does. Uh, I will say that the whole purpose of establishing a commission of inquiry is uh, considered after listening to the outcry of the public and the president or the premier then decide on getting more facts on the issue that affects the public and constitute the commission to investigate that particular fact. And, I mean, who exactly is needed to form a commission of inquiry? I mean, who actually needs to take part in this? And how do we actually go about appointing these various judges from Zondo to Farlem? Who preside over these cases? Uh, The commissions of inquiry are constituted by a panel of experts in various fields. Though we have seen a trend whereby uh, members of the legal profession are in the majority in those uh, commissions and mostly the commissions are headed or chaired by retired judges uh, or even the sitting judges. Hmm. So, I mean, okay, I understand the appointing of of, of the judges, but exactly who picks them? I mean, who says, okay, for this specific inquiry, we will have um, Judge Ian Farlam for it? The, the president or the premier himself or herself is the one who constituted the commission and then appoint the panel. And, you, and you, yes, after okay. appointing the panel amongst the people that he has appointed as, a mem- as members of the commission, then there will be one who is appointed as a chair or the head of the commission. 
So you, you've also mentioned something that is very interesting where you said there seems to be a trend of having um, lawyers within these commissions, within these bodies. I mean, that to me sounds like it's functioning like a court of law. What exactly differentiates a commission of inquiry from a court of law? Uh, what, uh, what, what I can say is that the outcomes of the commissions are not necessarily on the same level as that of the court of law. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that means the commission will go out to investigate certain facts and compile a report with recommendations. And these recommendations are not necessarily legally binding. Is that the they are binding? Okay. Uh, but the caution perhaps can be about the enforcement okay. of, of of implementing the findings by the commission. Okay, so they cannot necessarily force someone to implicate something, but they can say, this is what we have found, and therefore, with this information, you will then, you know, do what with it? The, the, the commission will go out to investigate certain factors okay. and make a recommendation, compile a report with recommendations to either the president or the premier, and mm-hmm. uh, for the premier or the president to, do set, to take certain steps as outlined in the report. I mean, what if he decides not to, you know, take these recommendations on? The, you know that is why I'm saying that the outcome of the commission is not necessarily on the same footing mm-hmm. as the court orders. That means whoever is aggrieved by the conduct of the premier or the pre- president for not taking the recommendations forward, that particular individual can now take this report, approach the court to enforce the outcome mm. of the commission by asking the court to compel the president or the premier to implement the recommendations of the commission. Commission of inquiry. And I mean, what kind of situations actually require a commission of inquiry to be set up? Can it be for anything? You know, what what sort of category must these situations fall under? The reason that categories is just matters of public interest. Mm -hmm. Yes, it depends on the depth and the level of the issues raised. Mm. Yes. So, I mean, President Sir Ramaphosa has set up four commissions of inquiry uh, during his presidency, which, of course, are intended to investigate the breakdown of good governments and corruption uh, in South African institutions. Can you provide a brief breakdown of what these commissions entail? Uh, These commissions are aimed at assisting the president uh, to perhaps perform his functions as the head of the executives, as the head of government. For him to decide or to take certain steps, he needs to gather facts first. Mm. So that when, even when he says that I have taken a decision to, for example, to remove a particular minister, he will be basing that on certain facts. Uh, for example, where we have situations where you find a people are crying about a particular situation. Let, let me say, for example, the, the, the uh, Mohoro Commission of Inquiry, which is currently sitting in Centurion, uh, whereby they are now determining the suitability of two of senior officials within the NPA, whether they are fit to occupy their positions. The president on he, himself, he did not want to act without getting more facts on why mm. these people Mm. are declared not to be capable of being appointed to the positions that they occupy. He wanted commission of inquiry 
to do fact finding to bring evidence to show him the character and the ability of these people on taking certain decisions before he can be satisfied that indeed these people are not suitable or they are suitable there also seems to be a a trend i'm not, not sure if it's a trend but we seem to have these commissions broadcasted live to the public is there a reason why you know it is broadcasted to the public one of our uh, constitutional principle is transparency and accountability mm. yes if you can look perhaps when the commissions the manner in which the commissions are ran they are ran in such a manner that everyone should be satisfied about what is happening there so that when the outcomes comes no one can say but how can it be Correct. that these particular facts are now mentioned in the commission's report no, that is that is very true. So yes. it is very obvious that the Commission of Inquiry is generally set up for public interest, yes. for state interest. And it's more of a guide for the president to make the decisions that he does based on actual fact, on actual information and actual probing. Yes. Uh, Jafta, I mean, in this sense, then what do we say when the public in a sense, does not necessarily have faith in commissions of inquiry. You know, a lot of people believe that commissions of inquiry rarely uncover the truth. I mean, your view on this? Uh, I, I, I'll answer by saying that the, one of the democratic principles is to gain the public uh, trust in you as a public representative. And in whatever that you do, you need to engage the public, listen to their views, and act on their suggestions. Uh, from what we have seen, uh, our president is a very consultative kind of a person. He consults people around him. He constitutes panels to assist him in deciding on many factors. So in these particular instances, surely the president would have uh, consulted his panel of advisors. They would have suggested the names of the people who should sit in the commissions so that the people who are sitting there in the commission of inquiries are the kind of the people that the public itself will have confidence in them. Mm. And the manner in which the commissions are being ran should be ran in such a manner that everyone will be having confidence in the approach of each and every witness in the direction of the evidence which is being led and is everything that is being presented today is being handled with utmost care. Mm. Yes. And uh, in regards to the argument of the, the use of state resources, and I mean, when we look at, you know, the amount of money that is, you know, used to set up these commissions, is it worth it? You know, does it actually add up in your opinion? It depends on what needs to be investigated. Mm. Yes. For example, now, if we look at, a, at, a, at, a, at a, what we have now, one of the biggest commissions of inquiry, which is running now, the state of the capture inquiry. When you look into that, I can say South Africans have been crying. I don't know for how many years. They have been crying about the administration of our previous president. Mm. There have been a lot of things going up and down. There have been a lot of allegations. Names have been mentioned. Families have been mentioned. So it is indeed of utmost importance for the president to get to the bottom of these facts 
and with everything which has been uh, presented to the commission with the evidence which has been presented with the recommendations that the commission is going to come up with then we expect the president to act decisively on those outcomes. Thank you so much, Jeff Damapadimeng from Legal Aid South Africa, who broke down exactly what a commission of inquiry is and what it entails. Coming up after this, we'll be talking to the spokesperson of the Mohoro Commission, uh, Bongiwe Gambu, who will basically be breaking down the actual procedure that takes place in a commission of inquiry. You are still tuned into Law Focus on Vow FM 88.1. Listening to Law Focus? Connect with Vow FM 88.1 on Twitter and Facebook. Be your own lawyer. Law Focus, handing you your rights. As we continue to understand the role of commissions of inquiry and exactly how they function, another key factor is procedure. Our courts are adversarial, which means that a judge sits and listens to the parties involved while both sides tell their versions of event. However, commissions of inquiry are inquisitorial which basically means the commission heads up the investigation. It looks for the facts and the evidence. In this process, the witnesses and their lawyers are only assisting the commission's investigation. While we agree that various commissions have not lived up to their expectation, last year's probe into tax administration and governance at the South African Revenue Service led to the firing of Tom Moyani. This was because of the process that takes place in a commission. A better way to understand this process of investigation is to analyze a commission of inquiry that is currently underway. The Mohoro Commission of Inquiry is looking into former Deputy National Director of Prosecutions Nomgobo Jiba's fitness to hold office, as well as that of Special Director of Public Prosecutions Lawrence Mohwebi. On the line, we are joined by Bongi Gambu, a communication and media specialist. She also worked on the board for inquiry for Becky Kele and is the spokesperson for the Mohoro Inquiry. Welcome to Law Focus. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for having us on your show. I want to know from you, first of all, I mean, when we look at commissions of inquiry, often you find one half of the public, South African citizens, are for it, and the other half is not necessarily for it. Why do we have that kind of situation? What is it that could you think maybe makes people doubt the powers of the commission of inquiry? Well, um, a commission of inquiry, and that would be one similar to the one that was instituted around the Public Investment Corporation, that's the PIC, as well as the Zondo Commission, which is um, aptly named the State uh, Chapter um, Commission of Inquiry. Those are separate from what we are having as an, um, an inquiry. Ours is based and was established as a result of a government gazette that was published and this was resulting from an action from the president to instruct Justice Mohoro and her panelists to look into the fitness of and um, to hold office by the two advocates and that's advocate Nomkomochiba as well as advocate Lawrence Mkwebi to hold the office of the Deputy National Director of Public Prosecution, as well as the Special Director of Public Prosecution, uh, respectively. And the legislation that we are using in this case is the National Prosecuting Act Number 32 of 1998. And that is apart from the other commissions that I mentioned before. And ours is not um, 
one that has subpoena powers, unfortunately. However, we do um, make recommendations. We also invite potential witnesses to come through and um, sit with us and then, mm. of course, uh, get taken through the process of leading evidence as well as cross-examination and any re-examination on any particular witness. Mm. And up to so far, we have had about nine witnesses. And last week was a very important week because what we did was have a couple of experts, people who have worked in this field as well as in the National Prosecuting Authority to give us the foundation in terms of the legislation, the code of conduct, as well as requirements of people in the positions that we are looking into or the fitness of which we are looking into right now. And those people were very clear about what is expected of people uh, in such leadership positions as far as the National Prosecuting Authority is concerned, as well as other legislation and the Criminal Procedures Act, as well as the Constitution. Mm. And I, I want to know, what, 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 what actually is the procedure when it comes to inquiries as such as the Mohoro inquiry? You know, when... Okay. Does, yes. Sorry, when? No, no, continue. No, I need to, to, to find out. Oh, okay. So, so I, 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 want, I want to understand, you know, what is, what is the procedure when it comes to inquiries such as the Mohoro uh, inquiry. Uh, for example, we know it doesn't necessarily function as a court, as you said, um, and we know that, of course, you guys do give recommendations, but what other way is it different from a court? Okay. So, um, with a commission of inquiry, um, such as the one into Mariana, the one into the arms deal, um, the state capital or the um, Justice Zondo Commission of Inquiry, as well as the latest one in the inquiry into the Public Investment Corporation, um, which is the PIC, those commissions have powers to recommend that people should be charged, and that is why you would have the law enforcement agency keeping a very close eye on those proceedings because in those testimonies that are brought to, to bear or to, to the table um, by the witnesses, they get whether they need to start inquiring or um, setting up appointments with certain people in relation to what they would have said at those um, commissions. However, I was, and, and um, luckily I've, this is my second one, and I'm quite fortunate to have been part of this one and the second time around really something like this for the second time particularly because it looks into the fitness to hold office. Now when you look into the fitness to hold office, we are inquiring whether your conduct in relation to the terms of reference the particular points that we are um, asked to look at or use as our basis to ask these questions um, whether you fulfilled those or not. And what then happens is that we as a team would sit after all of this is done, after all the affidavits have been submitted, after all the witnesses have gone through the process of um, leading evidence as well as examination, uh, cross-examination and re-examination um, if necessary. We then sit and put together a report and the panelists, including justice, led by Justice Mokoro in this case, 
we then put together this report based on everything that would have been submitted, including submissions from the public, and then put together the report, which they would then um, we would go to submit to the president, who then applies his mind and then makes final decision. Ours is, is very time constrained, particularly because the constitution is very clear. The constitution says you are not allowed to, or there is a precedent that has been said really, that um, a person cannot be suspended more than six months and nothing comes in by way of a final decision about the suspension. And that is why our time frames have been so so short. We were established on the 9th of, of November. We started working on the 22nd. We had our first pre-hearing meeting on the 22nd of November. But in March, on the 6th of March, latest the 9th, we need to now submit the report to the president so mm. that he can apply his mind. And then in keeping in line with those six months of um, suspension, then link his pronouncement based on um, the recommendations. Mm. I mean, you mentioned something that is uh, often, you know, asked, and that is who exactly can actually testify. You mentioned that experts were brought on um, to express and, you know, explain the duties of the MPA. You also mentioned that you get certain comments from the public. Who exactly can testify to sort of build onto this report when it comes to a commission of inquiry? What guys has is uh, uh, the most important document is the terms of reference. So the terms of reference in this case relate to certain cases that either one of these two advocates were um, in charge of in terms of decision-making, whether to prosecute or not, or how they handled themselves in, in relation to certain cases, as well as cases that were brought to the court um, relating to their fitness to hold office. You remember that there has been a lot of these, including one that was brought by Freedom Under Law, mm. as well as KSEC. And KSEC is um, a very um, interested party in this one because of the, the fact that they premise their work on the constitutionality of our, of, of our country and our democracy, really, as well as the criminal justice system. Therefore, what then happens is that we call for public submission. And public submissions are basically a call for you and I to participate in this process and even make submissions. And people actually heeded the call, and we had um, a small number, but it was um, a surprising um, thing to note that ordinary people took it upon themselves to participate in this process and give their view of either one of these advocates or both of them. And once the, those affidavits have been, or those submissions have been um, sent through to us, then the panel along with the two legal teams would then say, okay, so this is strong enough for us to want this person to come for oral um, evidence. And that is when the people are called, like the people that have been called thus far. And right now, as I'm speaking to you, we are having on the stand um, advocate Evelyn Hoffmeyer, who is still in the National Prosecuting Authority and the head of the Legal a, um, legal Advice Division, mm. and as well, Legal Affairs Division, yes, LAD, as well as being the 
in the position of the, the Deputy National Director of Public Prosecution. And all those submissions are then taken into consideration. But of course, it boils down to how strong your affidavit is. If you are coming through to us and saying, in, in, in line with, um, my voice is very loud, in line with um, item number four of the terms of, of, of reference, I want to make um, a submission and this is my evidence. Then, of course, someone would say, oh, okay, so you seem to have information that we want to cross-examine. Please come through for mm. our evidence as well. Mm. And I, I want to just explore the powers of, of a judge when it comes to an inquiry. I mean, as we know, the Mohoro Commission is headed by Justice Yvonne Mohoro, who is a retired judge. However, in the case of the state capture inquiry, we have Chief Justice Zondo, who is not. I mean, the Constitutional Court, I mean, suggests that it might not be allowed for a judge to head certain commissions of inquiry. I mean, in your opinion, do you think the appointment of Zondo is somewhat a breach of the separation of powers doctrine as indicated in the Constitution? Oh, definitely not. And this is particularly because of the nature of this commission um, that you just mentioned that Justice Zondo is, is working on. It has a lot to do with the, the amount of, of allegations involved in that case are so serious and so detrimental, potentially detrimental to the working of government that it was not a a surprise that they chose a deputy chief justice, um, justice Zondo, deputy chief justice Zondo, of course, in this case. However, it does not therefore follow that you only use retired judges, but it's also because retired judges have time. Okay. And mm. there is a time when justice, deputy chief justice Zondo, of course, does not have time, but he has other colleagues at the Constitutional Court who can easily um, repeat in those matters and mm. particularly and interestingly we are going to court on the 14th of March and I know that the Constitutional Court is sitting on the matter of whether the two advocates should not be disbarred and, and have uh, be removed from the role of advocates or not. So he will not be part of that. He will still be busy of course with the um, um, state, state yes. commission or yes. commission of inquiry, and that uh, particular case will somehow have a bearing on the decision making by the president. But Absolutely. of course, if they are sitting on the 14th of March, it means that by that time that vote will have failed, uh, so to say. Yes. And uh, just, just another question. I mean, do you think judges are able to head commissions of inquiry considering that they're not necessarily investigators and because they are somewhat used to a different approach? They are definitely best suited to, to head up these commissions because they are not in detail involved in the um, investigations of such cases. However, they then play that role that they would play in court, and that is why they are so important. However, or rather, before I forget, what I found interesting is the number of 
commissions of inquiry that we are having, mm. as well as um, inquiries into the fitness to hold office uh, of different people since 2012. And the past couple of years, we have had a lot more of those. And to me, as an ordinary person, I see that as a huge test of our democracy, especially the, the third estate, which is the, the, the judiciary, because then we are saying to them, you are now doing a lot more work in trying to to get the the state to to and people who work as part of the state, people who work as part of rather government and other institutions that are affected to do the right thing. And that to me is worrying because then it means there's a lot more wrongdoing that's happening. However, it is also encouraging that we are now taking the steps to correct all of that through these commissions of inquiry. Absolutely. And a final question for you, just in regards to media. I mean, all these inquiries are often made public. Why is that? Why do we broadcast commissions of inquiries? These inquiries are critical because they are about accountability. They are about people whom, who are put in very important positions where they make decisions about our lives daily. And these commissions are about holding people accountable for things. I mean, you look at life as a daily um, inquiry. That, I think, what, that, that, that one hit me quite a bit as an ordinary person because I realized that the... Just the sheer negligence of people in power can affect the most vulnerable in a way that we cannot recover in a very long time. And if you do not make such inquiries and commissions of inquiry um, public, then you are not allowing for people to see that this democracy is in action and this constitution is making sure that people are being held accountable and that the judiciary is doing its part in making sure that people are held accountable for their actions. Absolutely. So the media is very important. However, I also find in the same breath that how the media then conducts itself in this bid and in this desperation to break the news, they then start um, flouting the rules and that is a problem because if, for instance, a witness is yet to be led in terms of evidence, yet and already in the sun, in, in the Sunday newspapers we now know what that uh, um, what that um, witness is going to say, yes, yes. that defeats the whole purpose of holding people accountable because then we are moving away from the truth and the facts, and we are dealing with someone who just wrote a story based on headlines. And this person who is the witness is not being allowed to say and to be questioned and to be cross-questioned and to be held accountable for what they wrote in their affidavits. And we are now left with one side of the story instead of the whole truth, which actually is supposed to be happening at the commissions of inquiry on a daily basis. Thank you so much for joining us, Bongi. And thank you so much for this opportunity. That was Bongi Wegambu, the spokesperson for the Mohoro Inquiry, informing us about the powers of a commission of inquiry that, in fact, 
the power is in our hands and it could actually be quite more necessary than we think. Law Focus Consultant 88.1 Point of Information. Commissions have another equally crucial function, and that is to educate the public and ensuring its support and trust for important processes of change and renewal. As Bongiwe said, the purpose of broadcasting these commissions is to create transparency. Commissions of inquiry do not remove the issue from the public's eye, but rather draw the public in to engage and create pressure for change. We asked you if you knew any commission of inquiry and if your opinion in these inquiries Inquiries mattered at all. Um, in the case of Life SCD Mini, yes. Um, state capture, no. Zondo Commission, no. Because there are outlisting problems in government, and really, do people have a say in it? Really, like me as a student, I'm able to be like, ah, but I think that this is where the fun should go, you know? It's like I can tweet it, but after that, that's where it ends. I don't really think it makes a difference. People will talk and talk, but at the end of the day, as part of the commission, they just need to do things according to the law. Otherwise, what we have to say has nothing to do with the outcome of it. What's the name? The current one? Um, there's on the commission, which is uh, dealing with the state capture. And also there's, um, I forgot what it's called, the one that's dealing with the PIC or PCA, which is also currently running. To me, it matters. Probably not so much to them. Um, our leaders and whatever, but to me, it definitely matters. Everyone's opinion matters, actually. My pers- my personal opinion doesn't matter. I don't think it does because I have no say what happens there. But I just, I think as, as personal people, we depend on what is brought to the table and what is said, and yeah. I don't think they do. I think at the end of the day, uh, the recommendations are made. If you look at, for instance, the, what's that one with uh, with uh, with uh, SET menu? the commissions no one was prosecuted after that so it tells you that they are not effective hence going straight to court would be a better option for results there's a purpose but sometimes i feel like people want to some people have agendas of their own sometimes yes it exposes the holes and everything else it's it's for the good of the public we need to know what's going on we need to know who did what and and everything else but sometimes people have their own agendas and there's not much truth we don't know what what the truth is so we're hearing people's opinions this one says this one did that and this one says this so the truth at the end of the day is what i decide to make of everything so the truth is my own opinion to myself so yeah Name one or two, name two commissions of inquiries that you currently, that you know of. Huh. Is, <laughs> oh wow. Okay, I think I've also, the Zondo one, I think it's the most, one of the most popular. Is the state capture an inquiry? I don't know. Yeah, the state capture. Do you think your opinion matters? Or you engaging these conversations about commissions of inquiries matters at all? To me, it matters. Probably not so much to them, um, our leaders and whatever, but to me, it definitely matters. Everyone's opinion matters, actually. As we reflect on tonight's discussion, we spoke to Jafta Mapadimeng from Legal Aid South Africa, who helped us to understand the basic function of a commission of inquiry. He also highlighted how important these recommendations are in assisting the president in his final decision. We were also in conversation with Bongiwe Gambu, the spokesperson of the Mohoro Commission, who went in full detail in regards to the process of a commission of inquiry. We also briefly touched on the importance of public interest when it comes to these inquiries and that their powers depend not only on the president but you 
the citizens of South Africa. From our producer Simba Honde, our technical producer Kutlano Sarame, as well as our law focused researchers Siseto Zingelwa, Siabonga Mota, and myself, Veronica Mahwadi. Thank you so much for tuning into Law Focus tonight. Law Focus on Volvan 88.1 Point of Information. Law Focus Podcast.